Stand with me, if you will, if you have your Bibles open to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3 will begin in verse number 7. Exodus chapter 3, and we'll begin in verse number 7. I'm preaching tonight on this subject, how do we respond to a crime? How do we respond to a crime? Notice, if you will, Exodus 3, verse number 7. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmaster. Bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, in the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the uh, Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore behold the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. And I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Heavenly Father, I pause now to pray, and I hunger for folks to hear the truth of the message I'm often distracted by folks talking and laughing during song services, dating couples not paying attention to the fact that they're distracting five rows behind them, folks that know better. And Lord, preaching is more important than folks staying out of the way of us watching something on television. It's more important than somebody getting our attention of other things, we need to hear the message tonight. And I pray that you would use it in power. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. Have you ever thought about the power of a crime? I'm not talking about a request. I'm not talking about a whine or a whining I'm not talking about a demand. I'm speaking of a cry, a cry that comes especially from pain or discomfort. I did some research on on what crying does, how it affects our body, how it affects our thinking, how it affects our emotion. I found some very interesting things. Now, I I knew most of this was true, but I, or I thought it was, uh, but I'd I'd not been able to put into words exactly what I found in uh, just a couple of hours of research. Scientists have found that our brains are hardwired to to respond strongly to the sound of a cry. A cry makes us more attentive and it primes our bodies to help whenever we hear it. It is interesting the effect the cry of a baby has on an adult who is not even a parent. The sound of a baby cry captures our attention in a way that few other sounds in the environment do. Scientists scanned the brains of 28 people while they listened to the sound of a crying baby 
the sound of an animal in distress, including cats, dogs, or any type of animal that was hurting. The sound of a baby, the sound of animals in distress. Using a very fast brain scanning technique, the study found an early burst of activity in the brain that responded to the sound of crying. That was followed by an intense reaction after about 100 milliseconds that was primarily in two regions of the brain. One, the middle temporal part of the brain, an area of the brain that deals with emotional processing and speech. The other response to a crime is the orbital frontal cortex, the front part of the brain, an area known for its role in reward or response and emotional processing. The study suggested there is something special about how cries are processed by the brain. The fact that there is activity in the emotional areas of the brain could mean that the sound of cries are tagged immediately as important even before the other parts of our brain have a chance to fully process where the cry is coming from. So our, our, our brains respond to the cry even before we know what the cry is or if it is a cry. A neuroscientist explains none of the study participants were parents or had any particular experience of looking after babies, yet they all responded in the same way after 100 milliseconds to a cry. This might be a fundamental response present in all of us regardless of parental status. I'm almost finished with this. Researchers investigated how a baby's cry might subconsciously affect a person's behavior as a result of activation of the subcortical uh, uh, areas of the brain. Hear this statement. These are among the brain's most primitive parts and are important in controlling behaviors such as fight or flight. Do we respond or do we run? So the, the, the cry, when the brain hears the cry, it tries to decide, do I solve the problem or is it, or is it so dangerous that I would run from the problem? A test whether a baby cry somehow switched on a survival response by asking volunteers to play a game of whack-a-mole. Now I didn't know what whack-a-mole was. I did, but I didn't know what they were talking about until I looked it up, and that's the game where there's seven or eight little animals that will pop their heads out of a hole, and you take a mallet or a hammer, and when they do, you try to hit them. How many of you ever played that? You know what I'm talking about. How many of you played that with your five children? And uh, uh, some have played whack-a-mole, some have played whack-a-child. Uh, anyway, they, they, they got 100 adults to play whack-a-mole. Now, they, they played the game to see how they did. Then 
they let those same 100 people hear the cries of babies, animals, and uh, uh, babies, adults, and animals in distress. After hearing the cry, their response in the game was faster and more accurate after hearing the, uh, the distress cries. There was a, an improvement in effort and performance after listening to cries. It was noted that this is why a, ba a baby crying on a plane is a problem for everybody, whether it's a parent or not. When you hear a baby on a plane, you're immediately alert, even if you don't want to hear it, and I usually don't, it's a sound that is impossible to ignore. That's why a baby crying in a church service is it's an impossible sound to compete with. He just said that about the baby getting the attention of others. You, you, you it just naturally inclined to that. That is why the typical usual response to a cry is this. Here's our typical, usual response. Please don't cry. Please don't cry. It'll be all right. We say that to a baby, to a toddler. I heard about uh, two folks in church crying, and they asked what was wrong, and they said of the child he was teething. They said of the adult he was tithing. Both were crying. Now, now whether it be a child or an adult, our response to crying is, please don't cry. And I want you to hear this statement. Typically, our request for, some, for someone or a child not to cry is not for their sake. But it is to take away the uncomfortable feeling we have. We want the baby to stop crying because they're making us uncomfortable. We want them to stop because their cry is either hurting us or annoying us. Compassion does not request the cry to stop so we can be made comfortable. Compassion tries to find the cause or reason for the cry and work to meet the need or remove whatever discomfort has caused the cry. Now, if you miss those, you miss the whole message. I want you to hear about what I just said. When we hear someone cry, we want them to stop because they're hurting us, even if it's an adult that's sorrowing. Please don't cry. You don't have to cry. Now, there's no harm in crying. Crying does not hurt you. It does not hurt you physically. It, it doesn't hurt you. But it does hurt others. And we typically say, I want you to stop crying, and we don't say it out loud, but we do so because it is either hurting us emotionally or it is annoying us. But compassion doesn't say stop crying. Compassion finds the reason that causes the cry and either meets the need or either meets the need or removes whatever is uncomfortable that's causing the cry. Throughout the Bible, we find stories of cries. Cries always get attention in a crowd. 
They said to the blind man that was calling, that was crying for Jesus, be quiet, be quiet. But he wanted the master to hear his cry. It's interesting that Jesus left the multitude to give attention to the one that was crying. By the way, he didn't tell him to stop crying because he was annoying him. Jesus met the need that was causing the cry. In Exodus chapter 3, and there's a multitude of examples throughout the word of God, how that God responds to a contrite heart, a humble spirit, how God responds to the cry of his people or responds to the cry of an unsaved and a hurting people. Now when they complained, it angered God. When their pride was expressed, it angered God. But when they began to cry in pain, God heard their cry and responded to them. Take your Bibles and go to Psalm number 40, a familiar psalm to many Christians, Psalm number 40. Psalm number 40, this is the cry and hurt of the psalmist in a time of despair and difficulty. We often attribute this or apply this to salvation, and I think it's all right to do that. The psalmist said in Psalm number 40, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. All of this is a response to a cry that God heard. Now here's the application and purpose of the message tonight. Around us tonight, here in our city, our state, our region of the nation, our nation, and our world. There are cries of those that are hurting because of sin. Jesus heard their cry because of the taskmasters. There are folks tonight crying. They're not all saying, give me the gospel. They're just hurting because of the sin. Many do not know that they need the gospel. But there are cries around us. There are those that are lost in their sin. There are those that are hurting from drugs and alcohol. There are those that have been misled by the lies of Satan and they have realized that years of their life has been wasted and they are not full, satisfied, but they are empty and they are searching. There are those tonight close to us and far away that are broken, that are hurting, that are homeless. There are folks of every walk of life and status that are hurting. It is not just the poor that are crying in the pain from sin. There are those of all classes and walks of life 
from the poor to the middle class to the upper class to the wealthy. Can I tell you, money cannot buy what it takes to fill the void and the emptiness. Uh, money cannot satisfy the hunger of their souls that cause them to cry out because of their need. There are those in our colleges that cry out for help. Some think there is other help other than the Lord. We know Jesus is what they need. There are those in houses, apartments, homeless shelters that cry. There are, we, we, we need to hear the cry. There's typically three responses. We can ask them to stop their cry because it hurts us. We can get so busy that we don't hear their cry. Or we could, by decision, be close enough to hear their cry so we can tell them of a Savior who could heal their wounds and hurts and replace their cry with a rejoicing. A story I read some years ago. It's been several years since I've repeated or read the story. But this story was given after a speech given by a pro-life activist. A pro-life activist gave a speech and was, was approached by an older gentleman he was weeping as he approached her and told the story, and I quote, I lived in Germany during the Nazi Holocaust. I considered myself a Christian. I attended church since I was a small boy. We heard the stories of what was happening to the Jews, but most people today, and like most people today in this country, we tried to distance ourselves from the reality of what was really taking place. Why could we, what could we do to stop it anyway? He continued, a railroad track ran behind our small church. And each Sunday morning we would hear the trains whistle from a distance. And then the clacking of the wheels moving over the track. And we became dis disturbed one Sunday when we noticed cries coming from the train as it passed by. We grimly realized that the train was carrying Jews. They were loaded like cattle in those train cars. Week after week, the train whistle would blow we dreaded to hear the sound of those old wheels because we knew that the Jews would begin to cry out as they saw our church and pass by. It was so terribly disturbing. We could do nothing to help those poor, miserable people, yet their screams tormented us. We knew exactly at what time the train's whistle would blow and we decided the only way to keep from being disturbed by the cries was to start singing our hymns. By the time the train came rumbling past the churchyard, we were singing at the top of our voices. 
if some of the screams happened to reach our ears, we just sang a little louder until we could hear them no more. Years have passed by. No one talks about it much anymore, but I still hear that train whistle in my mind and even as I sleep. I can still hear them crying out for help. God forgive us all who called ourselves Christians but did nothing to intervene. Their screams tormented us then. If the screams reached our ears, we just sang a little louder. Many years later, he said, I see it happening in America. God forgive Americans who have blocked out the screams of millions of unborn children. The Holocaust is here, but the response is the same as it was in my country. Sing a little louder so you cannot hear the cry. May I say tonight, we cannot lift our voices and sing bring them in and not bring them in. May I say we cannot lift our voice to sing of the goodness of God when we are not sharing the goodness of God with others. Without taking much time at all now, I want to remind you of the cries that I don't like to hear. But if you'll stop to listen, you can hear them. You can hear tonight the rich man in hell still crying for a drop of water. You can hear him crying, send someone to my brethren and warn them lest they also <clears throat> come to this awful Place. Could we step aside from our comforts? Could we step aside from our busyness? And can we hear the cry from hell? I remind you of the cry that to me is one of the most powerful cries in all of the Bible. Revelation chapter 6, the Bible talks about those who have died for the word of God. They died so folks could have the Bible. They died so folks could know the truth, the word of God, not the opinions of men, not the stories and parables that men would give to entertain a church, but but, but the word of God, not the tradition of a church or not the traditional behaviors of religion, but to hear what God wanted them to hear. And there are many tonight, they're in heaven. The Bible talks about them in Revelation chapter 6 and chapter 6 verse number 9. He identifies them in chapter 10. The Bible says that they cry night and day and they're asking and they're crying, How long, O Lord, 
and they're crying for God to avenge them of those that hated God and took their life because of the word of God. That's what God hears every day. Oh my, the wonderful and amazing long-suffering grace of God that says, but I'm waiting for him to trust me as Savior. I'm waiting for her. I'm waiting for someone to turn the light on in that city, in that town, in that country. The cries tonight, oh, we don't want to dwell on those night and day. We don't want to even hear them at all. But now and again, somebody needs to say, wait a minute. I think I hear someone crying. Tonight, if you and I could hear a child crying in the foyer, it would disturb us. We'd wonder what's wrong. In fact, we couldn't have church if they cried very long because somebody go find out what was going on because of that crying. I want to say tonight, as we've been reminded of the need of the world for the gospel, I say tonight there are folks crying for help from jails, nursing homes, bus routes, schools, hospitals, shacks of homes, and expensive homes asking somebody to help them. Brother Wayne Head was telling me last Sunday morning after Sunday school, he said, I gave a gospel tract to a man. Didn't think a lot about it, just, just gave it to him. He looked at the tract, he read some of it. He said, sir, you, you don't know, but just in the last few days I've thought there's no need for me to live it would be best if I ended my life I wonder who's crying around us this week what do we do with the crying do we say stop crying it's all right when in reality what we're saying is you're annoying me you're hurting my emotions but compassion says what causes that cry? I'm going to do what I can to meet the need or take away the discomfort. Heavenly Father, if we would listen closely, we could hear the cries of hell. If we would listen closely, we could hear the cries of the martyrs.